Let's ask the Lord to bless. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being here with your people tonight. We ask you, dear God, that you'll bless us as we study thy word together. Get honor to thyself, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was studying. Uh, I, I am so tired of people telling me, you ought not to say that. You ought not to do that. And they want to correct you uh, on what you say. And so I was uh, got a little message on in defense of disturbing. And so if you would please, Acts chapter 14, I'm going to begin to read in verse 1. Acts chapter 14, verse 1. And it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and also the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Long time, therefore, bold days, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony under the word of His grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, in part held with the Jews, in part with the apostles. And when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also the Jews, with their rulers, to use them despitefully and to stone them, they were aware of it and fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Laconum, and unto the region that lieth round about. And there they preached the gospel. Pray with me, please. Father, bless the reading of thy word, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. When my, my son and his wife came over and spent through the storm with me, I laughed at her. Uh, she's Catholic, and, and of course, she knows what I believe, and, uh, and I know what she believes. And so we come sit down one night at my... My wife had gone to bed, my son had gone to bed, and just me and her there on the couch. And, and she said, now, Papa, I don't want to talk religion. Because <laughs> we get in an argument every time we do. She said, I don't want to talk religion, okay? And I don't want to talk to uh, uh, politics, because uh, I'm not sure what she is, and she knows what I am. And so I, I sat there a few minutes, I said, well, what else have we got to talk about? <laughs> Yeah. And we just sat there a few minutes. Then, then she moved from the couch. She was on the over right side of me. And she said, what do you think about this? <laughs> and she started, amen? And I, and I said when she did, now you started it, all right? <laughs> and we, we, uh, we, I guess we spent about two hours just sitting there uh, going over things that each one of us believed and, and more or less just for the fun of it, arguing with one another. But which one was right and which was wrong, and but we had a good time. But uh, what I want to talk about tonight: Does the church have a right to disturb people? And should the church leave people, uh, no matter what the condition they find them in, leave them alone? Now, it is more better to be disturbed than to be destroyed for eternity. And Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7, is a group of Jews trying to stir up some of the seeking Gentiles. 
Now, if it's all right for unbelievers to stir up the church because of the stand we take for Christ, then it's certainly all right if we stir up the unsaved for Christ's sake. And it's a church's right to disturb. So I want to give you some things about it. This is a days when disturbance is prevalent everywhere. Acts chapter 14 verse 2 says, But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles. Now who is doing the disturbing here? It was these, those people who had pushed Paul and Barnabas out. It was those who wanted to get a mob to run the missionaries out of town. They said the same thing about Paul and Barnabas as they say about us today. Uh, you don't want to go down there and uh, make food out of you for Christ's sake. Uh, those people will make food out of you. Uh, let's get rid of them. And so they're the ones that stirring up the, doing the disturbing. This was the unbelieving group stirring up people. They're opposed to every good work the church tried to do. Now, why did these unbelieving Jews stir the people up? First of all, because Paul and Barnabas already got them stirred up. They wanted to undo what the church had done, and Paul and Barnabas were standing for the church. So they were standing for what the Lord had done. Now, I get upset today when people say the church doesn't have a right to disturb us. But if the unsaved can stir people up so much, there ought to be something in this old sin-sick world the church uh, can get disturbed about too. For instance, I get disturbed if purity is no longer good for young people. Uh, they, I, I got a, a good neighbor, and he come out and I said, I'd like to meet your wife sometime. And he said, oh, we're not married. And uh, it's just common. I mean, just common thing. To, they have a child together, and they live in the house there together, and uh, it, it, it don't bother them one bit. They just go right on. And uh, that bothers me, though. I get disturbed about that. I get disturbed that marriage is no longer sacred. I get disturbed that thieves are no longer counted as crooks and gangsters. They live in hotels rather than in the sheriff's and jails. I like our sheriff over Polk County Sheriff Judd. Uh, I heard him say one time, uh, the ones that's in, it gets in prison where he puts in jails over there, he said, you ain't get no TVs over here. And he said, if you want underwear, you're going to have to work for them, or you won't wear any at all. And he makes them work for their underwear. And uh, he said, there ain't going to be no basketball courts over here. When you commit a crime, you go into jail. This ain't no hotel. And I like him. Amen? And I think that's the way it ought to be. Now, if the church ever fails to disturb men, it has failed. Now, go back to uh, Acts chapter 14, look at verse 3. Long time, therefore, both they, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of His grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Now notice something. They preach boldly. Boldly means to speak with power and conviction. Now, if you don't get disturbed, uh, we don't disturb people about their need for salvation in Christ, then they're unsaved and bound for a devil's hell. you got to remember that. I know that men 
Ronnie Booth was playing golf at a country club, and uh, this man would come out to get our clubs to put them in the cart for us. And every time he'd get out there, they, uh, for some reason, I don't know how he found out about it, he found out I was a Baptist preacher. And every time he'd come out there and he'd put in about my Baptist religion, and he was Catholic, and this is what was right, and, and I said, listen, I didn't come out here to argue religion today. I come out here to play golf. And every time I go out there, he'd meet me and get my golf, and here he go again. And one day I said, that's enough. I said, now you're going to listen to me a while. I've listened to you long enough. And I said, now I want to tell you how to go to heaven. I want to tell you plain salvation. And with boldness, I stood there. And Ronnie said, well, did he get under your skin, preacher? <laughs> I said, enough is enough, you know. They disturbed me. Why shouldn't I disturb them a little bit? Amen. And I just believe that. Now, verse 4. But the multitude of the city was divided, and part held with the Jews, and part with the apostles. Now notice here, both, but the multitude of the city was divided. You know what I believe? I, people, I believe that people needed, I believe people to this day and time, need to be divided. Now, everybody wants to say that we're brothers, we're children of God, all of us are. No, we're not. No, we're not. Only those that know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, children of God. Uh, unsaved people are not my brothers and sisters. Saved people are my brothers and sisters. And that divides. You look at Matthew with me just a minute. In Matthew chapter 10. Uh, and look with me in verse 34. Think not that I am come, and Jesus is doing the speaking here now. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father. And my page is stuck together. For I am come to set it a man at variance against his father and daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Now, he's not talking about trying to start a fight in the family, but that means if if a mother gets saved, then the daddy's not saved, there's not going to be any peace there, amen? And if the children are not saved, the daddy and mama's saved, there's not going to be any peace there. A Christian had no fellowship with the unsaved, I love my brother. I love all uh, three of them. But I can't fellowship with them because they don't have believe the Bible like I believe it. I, I got brothers and sisters in Christ. I love to sit down and talk about the Word of God and fellowship in the Lord with my brothers and sisters in Christ. They are a difference. Now, those first Christians didn't have to disturb people. They could have just went on like they were going. They could have said, You have our God. We have our God. you got your God. Let's just go on about our business not disturb one another. But he didn't. The Bible says they went preaching the gospel and stirred people up. Spiritual disturbance is the only way to genuine peace. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Paul said, For I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. 
Did you know I read that? And to keep the faith and have peace in the faith, you have to fight for it. It's not an easy thing uh, to live in this world. You have to fight for the very things that the gospel preaches about. Now, because he stood for what is scriptural, no matter what or who he disturbed, yet he was right with God. You remember Jonah? Jonah was okay down in the ship, but he wasn't safe there. When Jonah got out of the ship and disturbed in the belly of the whale, uh, then he had peace and finally came uh, to himself and he went on and preached the gospel. You cannot have peace out of the will of God. And so you've got to fight for that. Now let me give you some things that I believe that God wants everybody to know. First of all, there's ten things. Number one, God loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, John 3.16. Do you know there's a lot of people in this world who don't understand that God loves them? I don't care who they are. But the Bible says He wants everybody to know He loves them. And number two, uh, all men have sinned. Romans 3.23, for all the sin comes short of the glory of God. God wants to know, uh, wants everybody to know that all men are sinners. There's none good, no, not one. Thirdly, God wants everybody to know our sins separate us from God. But your iniquities, Isaiah 55, or 59 and verse 2, for your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Fourthly, God wants everybody to know the payment for sin is death. And Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then fifthly, good works don't pay for sins. Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Number six, God wants everybody to know that Jesus Christ was sinless and perfect, for He was God, and God made Him Christ Jesus, the perfect man and perfect God. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. God wants everybody to know there's only one Christ. There's only one of those. Then sixthly, Jesus Christ was sinlessly perfect. And then seventh, and He is a perpetuation for our sins, for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 1 John 2, 2. You know what makes me so happy sometimes is being to introduce to every sinner that I meet that Jesus took your place on the cross. Amen? And then number eight, God wants everybody to know that God gave men a free will. According to Revelation 22 and verse 17, And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. <coughs> I never will forget uh, dealing with the hyper-Calvinist family. And they said that, you don't have a will of God. Do you really think that you can outdo uh, the Holy Spirit? Is what they asked me. Do you really think that your will can uh, be stronger than the Holy Spirit is in you? And I said, yes, it can. You know why? God gave you that. That's not something now you listen very carefully. The Holy Spirit is given to us to convict us, but also... God wants everybody to know that we have a free will. We can take Christ as our Savior, or we can reject Him. God gives us a free will. Ninth, salvation is by faith alone. 
Now, Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. How do you get saved? By simply believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then ninth, salvation is by faith alone. And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. But number ten, once saved, you will never perish. John 10, verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Now, a lot of people don't believe those things. They believe some of them, but they don't believe them all. My Bible teaches every one of those things are true. And somebody comes along and starts trying to divide you over those and try to get you to doubt some of those and show you some other way. To me, they're worth fighting for. And they're worth disturbing people for. In 1 John 5, 1, These things are written in you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. You know how many people I've talked to over the years that say you can't know you're saved? Well, I sure do. I know because the Bible says so. Amen? And the Bible says that the Bible is written that I may know that I'm a child of God. And again, Christ died. That's history. Christ died for me. That's salvation. For this reason. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And I put my name in there. Amen? He died for me. And then John 3 and verse 16. Believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now those things are worth fighting for. Those things are worth disturbing people for. And getting upset with people for. And making them upset if that's what it takes. But I just believe in disturbing people. Besides, I'd like to anyhow. <laughs> Amen. God's good, isn't He? He really is. Let's pray. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that You'll bless Your people tonight. And Father, we do pray for those that's not here tonight for whatever reason. We pray for Michelle. If she's having a problem with her mother, Lord, we ask You to bless her mother, take care of her, whatever the problem may be. Mrs. Brown and uh, Mrs. Harden, Lord, and and just so many, and gives, and they're all uh, traveling or staying home with some of the sick loved ones. But Lord, you can touch their bodies and you can raise them up. You can take care of them on their trips. See them back safely now. Bless us as your people tonight. Thank you for each one who's come tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks.